Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz, you're with me. So we just recorded, I mean, you know, we're not publishing that these that far apart. We just recorded the first half of our two-part preview episodes looking at Michigan's offense versus Georgia's defense. This one will, as you can imagine, look at Georgia's offense versus Michigan's defense. Lots, lots of intrigue here. I mean, this is a matchup where maybe Michigan won't be as out of its element. I mean, they they faced, I, I would argue, they faced better offenses and had success this season. Uh, I would, I think, if you really went position by position, and I kind of did, I think it's closer to a push than one team having an advantage. But these are these are two offenses that that really have a lot of potential, have a lot of intrigue, can go off on Friday, but also aren't perfect, far from perfect. You know, the, you, we mentioned the the quarterback situation. I, I think, I don't think either team's playing their most talented, and I use air quotes with talented, most talented quarterback. Uh, they're playing their leaders, their guys who move the football the best and maybe avoid mistakes the most. Um, good running backs. But, but you know, taking a look at Georgia's offense, I think to me, it 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 sounds weird because you don't. This isn't a position where you normally say this is the biggest key, but Brock Bowers is just so good. And and you know, for as much as Georgia struggled against Alabama, he had 130 yards and a touchdown. He caught 10 of 15 targets his way. And so so yeah, for me, I think the key for Michigan, a team that has struggled at times in. Stopping tight ends. I think I think I counted six teams that Michigan has faced this season got at least fifty yards and at least five point seven yards per pass attempt on tight ends. And so I think this is I think that's the big key is is just make sure Brock Bowers earns everything he's got. And and I I have a couple ideas for how that that goes. But but Steve, your thoughts on on Bowers and and the season he's had? It's a he's a true freshman. I mean I don't. I don't know if we've ever seen a tight end in college football have a freshman season like this. Uh, so your thoughts on him and, and how dangerous he can be to the Michigan's defense. I mean, he's by far their leading receiver. He probably had his best game of the season against Alabama. He had a hundred yards receiving the game before that against short. I mean, he's playing, he's also, we talk about guys playing their best football for Michigan. Uh, he's playing his best football right now for Georgia. Um, he's going to be a problem for sure. You know, we talked in the Michigan offense episode about using the tight ends to kind of open up the running game. I mean, George is capable of doing the exact same thing because of Bauer's ability. So, I, I mean, slowing him down has to be one of the top two keys to me for Michigan because if Georgia can get their passing game going, they're not just talented at back, they're they're deep. Kind of like Michigan, not not maybe to Michigan's level necessarily in production, but Zamir White, five star, James Cook, top one hundred. Uh, I think McIntosh is the other guy was another four star. I mean, these guys are legit talents that they that like that are good at running the football. So, um, I think slowing Bowers down is going to be pivotal for Michigan, not just in slowing down the passing game, but in slowing down 
Georgia's running game. So yeah, no, he's, he's a big timer. I, I mean, out of wine country as a random, I know Michigan, I'd argue Michigan had, um, he and can't think, oh, Fedoni who signed with Nebraska were probably the number one, number two tight ends on Michigan's board in that cycle. But even then, like you said, not tight end, not a position you're normally seeing a true freshman come in and immediately look like an All-American. He should have been. I believe he was not one of the Mackey Award finalists, which I thought was crazy. Uh, when you, I, I remember one of our drugs. I got to stop naming these finalists and restricting it to that list before yeah. the season's over. Because yep. he had 230 of his. He had 791 yards, but 230 of them came in his final two games. Right. But either way, you know, he's leading at the time. He was the leading receiver for the number one, you know, Georgia at the time was the number one team in the country. Just kind of hard to imagine that, uh, you know, he wasn't even a finalist. Uh, I don't watch when watching, when watching, I believe maybe it was. Yeah. No, the, the, the short time I did watch the, the Georgia Alabama game, I believe that was the one thing I tweeted uh, watched like five plays and um, you know my only thought was Brock Bowers is elite like he's good same way I felt about watching Travion Henderson early in the year for Ohio State before he really had taken that uh, stranglehold on that number one role so you know you only sometimes you only have to watch a guy a few plays to see how good they are yep and uh, Bowers is in that camp for sure so I you know is he in that you know, just slow him down type category. We'll see. I mean, you know, he has, he has been a non-factor in a few of their games this season, but, and I think the bulk of his touchdown output has been against maybe their three or four worst opponents, but, you know, Michigan hasn't played, uh, hasn't faced a tight end like this guy at all. And I do think we've talked a lot about thinking Michigan's linebackers can be success susceptible in that passing game. So, you know, it's going to be a new, we talk about Michigan or uh, Georgia's run defense being a a bigger challenge for Michigan this year than any they've faced. I think tight end wise Bowers is definitely going to be the biggest challenge they faced for sure. Yeah. And, and I struggling is not a fair word, but Michigan has had some issues against tight ends this season. I think Iowa kind of had Michigan on the ropes a little bit with how it was using tight ends. I'm sure Georgia was looking at that film kind of writing it down saying, okay, do that, make them, make them prove it. Uh, you know, Wisconsin, I think had 80 plus yards to their tight ends. Uh, you know, Nebraska had a couple big plays, you know, Indiana had a, had a decent amount of yards. The only time I thought that Michigan really held its own. And, and this is actually notable. The only time I felt like Michigan won the battle against a, a well-known tight end was Kate Otten for Washington. And I think I think one thing that helped was that Washington just didn't have a good offensive line in that game and and they weren't a good they proved not to be a good offense at all. But I think also Michigan had identified Kate Otten very early on in, in game I mean this was an all-American Mackey candidate type of tight end. So they made it they made it their mission. But this is if there's a weak spot in Michigan's defense, I think it's linebacker coverage. And then I think it's also recognizing and defending passes 
kind of in the flats or, or short, short range passes to tight ends and running backs. And Georgia is very good at both of those things. And so this is going to be a really big challenge. I, 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 Steve, I don't know who they put on, on Bowers. I mean, this is a guy, he runs a four, five, five, he's six, four, two So he isn't quite like he is smaller. So if you can play physical with him, uh, maybe you'll win that matchup more often than not. But at the same time, his, his explo- I mean, he's a 40-inch vertical leap, 4.55 40-yard dash, uh, and, and 439 yards after the catch this season on 47 catches. So basically 10 yards, 10 yards after the catch per catch, 11 touchdowns. I mean, this is a, I, don't, I don't know who Michigan puts on him. <laughs> and, and Mike McDonald, I mean, he, you know, I asked him about it earlier today, and he was kind of like, yeah, the difference with receivers is you can kind of scheme to make sure receivers aren't open tight end it's it's gonna have to be a lot of one-on-one matchups so uh yeah steve who would you put on on bowers i mean brad hawkins has been really good against the pass this year um is he worth like putting yeah i don't know that's that's kind of the question i agree um well you know george's receivers are not necessarily known as deep 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 threats right uh well so one thing about georgia that that fans should know is they had crazy bad injury luck this year i mean they at one point they were missing their top five receivers in terms of recruiting talent so you know what their recruiting rating was out of high school they were missing their top five guys george pickens is back i would argue he's a deep ball threat right um might yeah i mean i don't know if he's a blazer gonna blow by you he's maybe a 30 to from the 35 40 in to the end zone type threat i guess but um yeah i don't know i think that's a pretty good question on who you put on him I, i you know like i said hawkins has been so good against the pass um you know if daxon hill plays We'll see, you know, he could be another guy that, that maybe they could throw out there and, and put on him really the big, you know, like, I think that yards after the catch stat is, is huge. Whoever you got to wrap him up. Obviously I think that's going to be yeah. as important as just defending him from getting the pass. Is you got it. When he gets the pass, you got to bring him down. So, you know, that's another, you know, Hawkins maybe a little bit bigger. I don't know if Moten is ready for that type of matchup in a one-on-one coverage type situation. Um, you know, cause body wise, he might be the best guy to match up with a guy like Bowers, but I don't know if he's ready from a coverage standpoint. So yeah, that's one area I don't, wouldn't want to be Mike McDonald. I'm really interested <laughs> to kind of see where he goes with that because yeah, no, I can't say enough about what, what kind of player Bowers already has already become at the college level. Yeah. Well, and, and I will say this is why tight ends don't make as much money as quarterbacks. He Bowers can have a big game and Michigan still do its job defensively. But I do think one big key, just with how often Stetson Bennett throws it to Bowers at this point, I think one major key is like he has to be inefficient with his production. He can get 100 yards, but he's going to need at least, you know, 15, 18 targets to get there. So like how, Michigan. what Michigan did against Dotson. Yeah, yeah, same deal where it's like, okay, he had a lot of yards, but he got targeted 18 times. Um, and, and they've done that before. I think Dotson's probably the the best example off the top of my head. Yeah, so they're going to have to really 
just make his life harder. He can't he can't have an easy game against Michigan and 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 I think there's a there's a chance that that does happen just because Michigan has not always shut down tight ends and even their most recent game which you could argue was their most complete game of the season. Early on there were there were some tight ends. So so a lot of it's going to be about adjustments. One key that I think Michigan fans might might enjoy us discussing a little bit more than Bowers, who I think will be a problem no matter how well Michigan plays, is it's it's a it's a repetitive key. I hate to sound redundant because I think I list this almost every week, but boy, Stetson Bennett, he has really struggled under pressure this season, according to Pro Football Focus. He has been pressured 63 times this season. In those 63 dropbacks, he has attempted 43 passes, and he has completed 13 of them. They've played 13 games. He has completed one pass under pressure per game. His completion percentage drops 41% when he's under pressure. His yards per attempt drops by 5.1 yards. His touchdown rate drops from 11.7% to 4.6% and his interception rate increases from 2.1% of his throws to 7.0% of his throws. Um, obviously, Georgia's very good at pass pro, because if, that, if they weren't, those numbers would be much more well-known, and Georgia probably wouldn't be 12-1 and one this season. And, and I think one thing that Georgia has, in addition to Bowers, is they actually have other tight ends who are legit NFL-caliber run blockers. Uh, Darnell Washington, I think he's a former five-star, 6'7", 280 and and he can move but like he he also can offer some help you know when you in terms of protecting for Aiden Hutchinson I mean this has to be a game where whether it's David Ajabo or someone else they have to be able to provide supplemental pressure I honestly think it should probably come from the inside you know guys like Mozzie Smith Christopher Hinton uh but if Michigan's able to get pressure you know Pickens not going to be a, as much of a factor. Bowers, probably not going to be as much of a factor. I mean, you know, a lot of Georgia's passing success this season, and, and frankly, almost all of it, has come under a clean pocket. And you know, we talked about the same thing with C.J. Stroud. We talked about the same thing with Sean Clifford. Now, I think Georgia's pass protection is better than both Ohio State and Penn State. But we saw what those quarterbacks looked like under pressure Stroud actually looked okay. I think his receivers helped him out, but, but he actually looked okay. But, but neither were able to be comfortable all game. If Michigan's able to re- replicate that on Friday, I genuinely think Michigan's defense is going to win on that side of the ball. Your thoughts? Are we, are we 100% convinced that Georgia's offensive line is better than Ohio State's? I mean, Ohio State, I think that game was more of, Michigan's defensive line just outplayed Ohio. I mean, Ohio State, like three or four of those guys are going to get. Okay, drafted. actually, that's a good point. I was talking to to a couple of Georgia beat reporters yesterday, and they were down on the offensive line. They said, you know, there's a lot of uh, former blue chip recruits, but there's probably only one or two guys who will start in the NFL on that offensive line. Yeah, so I think it's a matchup that favors Michigan for sure, you know, and and – Boy, those stats are not not good. If you're Georgia, um, you know maybe they maybe they dink and dunk. 
you know, run the ball and try to dink and dunk. If that's the case, if Michigan starts to, you know, win that battle up front, you know, maybe that's the route that George is going to go. You know, I, like we talked in the offensive episode, maybe Michigan throws the ball to set up the run. I wonder because Michigan is, has been so effective at getting pressure. If, if Georgia really, really tries hard to run the football early to, to sort of do the same thing we talked about in the other episode for, for Michigan, it just in the opposite situation, you know, try to run the football effectively force Michigan's defense to think a little bit more. Um, Cause yeah, I mean, I, I don't see a scenario, you know, so Bennett can make plays. I think we debated about that a little bit before we recorded, but he, he's not he's talking about yeah, with his feet. Yeah. He's not Stroud, you know, which, which I, you know, I still couldn't believe how many, how little he ran the football this year for Ohio state, you know, so he can maybe kind of be one of those pesky, annoying guys that can get like five or six when they need five or six. So that might be something to watch for the, as far as the interior goes, but it's, I mean, I, I just get the sense Michigan on the edges is going to be able to kind of do their thing again a little bit. You know, and, and, it, and if those are just the pressure stats, uh, they don't even have to get home. They just right, have to get, right. they just have to get in the neighborhood, you know, and so th- th- that's a stat that could really bode well for Michigan. Cause I think one area where McDonald has thrived is in mixing things up and, and confusing opposing offenses a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, maybe Michigan can force a turnover or two there, which, you know, turnovers talk about factors for the game, but like turnovers is always going to be outside of like injuries, you know, as, as something you can't control. It's like turnovers are always going to be huge. So, uh, you know, feel like Hutchinson and Nora Jabo can, if they, yeah, I feel like they can win some of those battles and, and, you know, then it's on that interior to keep Bennett from escaping the pocket and either, like I said, getting those like annoying yards or, you know, making a play on the run uh, through the air. Yeah. And, and the one thing, cause, cause you're right. I don't think George's offensive line is, they weren't in the running for the Moore award or anything. And, and probably not, not a ton of NFL draft talent, at least this year's line. But I think the tight ends make a difference. I mean, they have two legit blocking first tight ends that, that they can rely on if they need to. Now, that's, that's going to be the choice that Georgia's going to have to make, and Michigan's going to have to force that choice because, obviously, if you're putting an extra tight end in to, to block Aiden Hutchinson, a lot of teams have tried. It hasn't always worked. And part of it is because suddenly you're you're sacrificing a receiver or a second running back or or you, that's a player who's focused on blocking when you want to move the football down the field. So so yeah, if Michigan could set a pass rushing tone early, maybe maybe hit home a couple times. You know, I, I it's just the reality of football. The more times a quarterback gets hit, the worse on average they're going to play. So can um, we can we agree that? Bennett is a guy that Michigan could could theoretically rattle. Yeah, he's probably. I mean, uh, yeah, I'd go ahead and say yeah. I mean, how many close games has he actually been a quarterback in this year? This year, um, you know, I mean, he's obviously been through a lot in his. You know, he's he's a former walk on, transferred out of Georgia, went JUCO route, came back on scholarship. Um, I mean, he's not. He's not soft by any stretch. You know, he's, he's grinding. He was fourth string. He threw four passes in their spring game. He was the fourth string running back or quarterback, excuse me. Um, So I don't know if he's 
quite as rattleable, but he's not big. He's not, you know, he's not like this indestructible guy under pressure. I, I think there is an opportunity there. Right. Rattle, not, it wasn't implying soft, just get. Oh no, I know. Complete. Yeah. You can knock a guy like that off his rhythm. You know, the stats seem to, to seem to speak to a guy who can, who can be affected by that stuff, maybe more so than, than a lot of guys. So I, you know, that's, but if you're Michigan, you're chomping at the bit at that possibility. I mean, you have to be, that's gotta be your calling card defensively. Yeah. I think, I, I think that if there is one stat that could define this matchup, it's, it's going to be how much pressure Michigan can produce because kind of like Ohio state. I mean, I think Stroud, I think when we listed his pressure passing stats, we were like, yeah, but it's only happened on 22% of his snaps. For Bennett, I think it's the same around around that same number, low 20s. I don't know what 63 dropbacks equates to for his for his overall, but if it was if it was easy to get pressure on him, a lot of other teams would have done it. A lot of other teams would have rattled Bennett. Instead, he's had a had a quality season. Um, you know, it's kind of kind of credit to him, by the way. I mean, how many times? on a, on a true team with like that recruits as well as Georgia does, does a walk on not only beat people out for the, for the starting job, but hangs onto it. So um, props to him. I think, I think Kirby smart likes him a lot. You know, they're from kind of the same part of Georgia. Uh, You had to grind their way up the ladder and everything, but, but same time he's, he's held his own and he's quarterbacks kind of like Cade McNamara. Cade McNamara was not a walk on. He was a four-star recruit, but you know, much, much to the, to the internet commenter chagrin, he's, he keeps winning and, and, you know, hasn't, hasn't had a, a bad game uh, to my knowledge this season, neither one of them. So yeah, I think that's going to be a big key. All right. We're going to hit a quick break on the other side, a couple additional keys and our over-unders and then our final predictions for this matchup. You're listening to the Wolverine 24 seven podcast. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back. Thanks for waiting. Uh, Steve, I, I've mentioned my keys and kind of gotten your thoughts on them. Any, any additional keys you're seeing, having having seen what you've seen from this Georgia offense and, and this Michigan defense? Uh, not so much a key per se, but, but I think Chris Hinton is playing his best football of his Michigan career right now too. Georgia native, kind of wonder – openly wondering uh, what kind of game he's going to have on Friday. I agree with you. I think anything from the interior is, is 
would be huge for Michigan's chances in this game. Um, and I think he's he's really stepped up the last two. I mean, there's about five or six guys on, you know, combined both sides of the ball who really just look like they're playing at a higher level than they have. And I think he's one of them. So just kind of wondering what Chris Hinton was, is going to look like on Friday. I think Mozzie Smith has been more consistent all year, but I think Hinton is starting to maybe one of those guys kind of the, what do they say? The lights going on or whatever you want to call it. So uh, that's something I'm going to kind of be watching. See, if, you know, talk about another Georgia native, see if, if, uh, you know, Michigan get some pressure. A guy like DJ Turner with a, could get another, make another nice play in the defensive backfield with a with a pick or something like that. He seems to have a nose for the ball and a nose for making plays. So uh, another guy I'll probably pr- pretty be watching pretty closely. But otherwise, no. I, I really, yeah. I mean, based on Bennett's profile, it seems like if Michigan can get to him, then they might really have have some success. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that. Yeah, I think the only other key is just, I guess, treat Pickens like a like a star that he probably is. I mean, he was he was injured all year. I think I think he had an ACL tear in like March, so he actually came back pretty quickly. Um, had a nice play in the Alabama game, kind of reminded everyone who he is, and and now he's had some time to to kind of reacclimate to the offense, uh, find his role. I mean. It's it's kind of funny because I think, you know, if you look at the scouting report, he doesn't show up, you know, if you're talking about the top receivers or whoever, but but I think he can be pretty dangerous. I don't think he's quite as guaranteed to be dangerous as Bowers just because he is coming back from this injury. You know, he wasn't a part of – he missed so many practices in terms of getting those, those in-practice reps or on-field reps with this offense, but um, you know, Michigan hasn't – um, have they faced someone quite like Pickens this season? I'm trying to think if you know a lot of the top receivers they face are kind of in that six one and shifty type. Uh, you know, Pickens Pickens is a different kind of player, so that would be one additional key. But with that said, let's let's hop over to our over unders. They'll um, you know, some of these topics we've already discussed, but now we'll put some numbers to it. First one, three point five tackles for loss for Ajabo plus. Hutchinson 3.5 tackles for loss so it's not just sacks that said I think between the two of them they might only have four tackles for loss that aren't sacks do they get to 3.5 in this game um under but slightly maybe three go with something like that like I said I can I can foresee a scenario where Georgia's work trying to get the ball out early making Michigan's defenders tackle them to try to neutralize that edge rush so I'm gonna I'm gonna say under so Georgia Michigan is number one in the country in tackles for loss allowed per game they're insanely good at it Georgia is number two in the country so I'm gonna take the under I I think Michigan doesn't produce a lot of tackles for loss Hutchinson and Ajabo produce a lot of sacks but I mean it's just I don't know that feels feels like an uh, an easy under for me unless unless they just absolutely go off for four sacks which i i don't think georgia is gonna let them do ohio state had to pass the ball georgia 
I mean, I guess we'll see how the game goes, but I, I anticipate they'll be in a situation where they can be a little bit more versatile offensively. Next one, we talked about Bowers. Does he get to the over-under set of 6.5 catches? So via Zool, he's on the same page that we are about Bowers being effective. Does he get seven or more catches in this game? I'm going to say over. I think Georgia tries to feed him. Like I said, if 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 we think Michigan has an advantage on the edge, then you know tight end is always such a good safety valve in those types of situations. Uh, I think Georgia will try to feed him the ball. So I think he I think he goes over. Yeah one one thing I I'm I came away really impressed with with Bowers is he has 15 catches behind the line of scrimmage, 15 catches or 14 catches, uh, zero to nine yards downfield. And then 15 catches, 10 to 19 yards downfield. So I think his versatility allows him to be, uh, quote-unquote, fed easily. I think they can use him kind of in the backfield. I mean, they've used him on, on end-arounds, which is hilarious to me. <laughs> you know, I, he's not the only tight end to get used that way. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty phenomenal what he can do already as a true freshman. All right, next one. Georgia's running back, so not the team overall, but the running back's average 4.9 yards per carry. We haven't really talked a ton about Georgia's running backs. Uh, do you think they get up to 4.9 yards per carry in this game? Uh, I'll say under. I think Michigan does enough there to slow them down. They're, I think, again, I think their backs were very highly rated, very stud guys. I think they're good, but I don't think they're uh, a super elite unit by any means. So I'll, I'll take the under on that. I'm going to take the over i i think i think george is going to be able to i i don't know if their team will average 4.9 yards per carry but all those guys are are high yards per carry samir white james cook uh kenny mcintosh you know they're they're all able to run efficiently they just haven't been haven't been asked to carry the ball as much um i don't i don't know they it's it's kind of interesting because haskins I think has more carries than white and cook combined. Yeah. He has 24 more carries than white and cook combined, which you wouldn't think Michigan starting running back when they have this depth would have 24 more carries than Georgia's top two guys combined. But that's, that's, that's the situation that they're in. So I'm going to take the over. I just, I do think they can be somewhat efficient running the football. Uh, Bennett and Daniels combined for 299.5 yards passing. I'm going to jump in on this one. I think that's an easy under. I, I don't think, even though I you know, am cautioning Michigan fans about uh, you know, Bowers and, and Pickens, I, I don't think they're going to throw for 300 yards. I mean, I guess Ohio State did, but how many teams are throwing for 300 yards against Michigan this season? I, I I don't think it's that many. So I'm taking the under on that one. I got, I got to take the under as well. If, if Georgia throws for 300 yards in this game, then Michigan is probably getting blown out. I'm guessing that would, or on the verge, like it'll be a verge of a blowout blowout type final score. If Georgia is throwing the ball that successfully. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, I don't think like, like I think Alabama and Ohio state are two teams that could throw for 300 yards and still lose. I don't think George is one of those teams. I curious how many 300 yard games Bennett has. 
Neil, that was not that was not the unless you know something we don't know. That was not the over under total that that I would have expected from you. Anyways, uh, final one, kind of a pre a foreshadowing of of our overall game predictions. Uh, largest lead in this game, thirteen point five points. So does either team lead by fourteen or more points in this game? I think I'm gonna take the under. I'll explain a little bit more of what I think, how I think this game looks, but I. I I don't think either team's really built to they, – they both have a lot of blowout wins this year, but I think it's, it's evenly matched enough. I don't, I don't know if either team is going to lead by 14-plus. Maybe – I don't know. It's, it's, that's a good over-under because I, I, think, I think it could be like 13 or 10. You know, it's not, I'm not would not be surprised if there's a double-digit lead multiple times in the game. I just don't know if it'll be 14-plus. Your thoughts? Yeah, I'll take the under. I think both defenses are both are a good enough, just flat out good enough, but b provide enough tricky matchups for the other offenses to kind of keep it from being a real runaway type game in either direction. Well, and I think one thing both defenses do really well is they make adjustments. Um, I don't have a cool fancy stat for that, but I think um, I think they both you know both teams seem to get if 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 another team's beating them at something they really buckle down in that third quarter uh, in that second half and and i guess play like they're supposed to on paper so um yeah hard to hard to predict that one but i kind of feel like this game will be on the closer end on, of playoff games history suggests these playoff games are like never close so maybe we should be taking the over just on that but but same time, I think two two teams this defensively driven, well coached and talented on the defensive side of the ball, and also maybe I don't I don't want to say underwhelming offenses, but but I think if I don't think either team's fan bases are like satisfied with the offense, maybe Michigan's is, but uh, regardless, potential close game. All right, Steve, final thoughts. Anything else you need to say about this matchup and your prediction for the game? Does Michigan advance to the national title game on Friday night with an Orange Bowl win over Georgia? Uh, not a lot to add. We've you know we've covered pretty much everything in both these episodes. I special teams, I guess, always kind of the one thing we haven't covered. Michigan elite special teams. Georgia solid. You know that could that's always an X factor in these types of games. You know, can Michigan break a big play, win the field position battle? Uh, you know, those types of things I think obviously can, can make a difference. You know, is Jake Moody a factor? He hasn't really had to be a factor for what a month plus now, you know, as has, you know, if, if he's called upon, uh, how does he kind of respond? You know, everything says this is going to be a like defensive type battle, uh, which in today's game means like 20, you know, 20s in the 20s you know um i've gone back and forth on this one uh i'm making a last minute switch here i i just i think michigan i just can't get past the fact that michigan has so many different ways that they can attack opposing defenses it's not as simple as them just trying to run the ball up the gut and then use it in play action to try to you know create passing 
create passing plays. I mean, they've shown an ability to do it horizontally, vertically. Both their tight ends are playing at a really good, at a really high level right now. Uh, I'm surprised the line is stuck at seven and a half in favor of Georgia. Uh, I'm going to pick Michigan in a, what I would call like a, I guess a minor upset. I'm going to say Michigan 27, Georgia 23. Uh, Michigan goes on to play for the national championship. Okay. There you go. Yeah. It it would be considered an upset. I suppose that it was the same spread for those curious or roughly the same spread as Michigan, Ohio state. Um, So it would be that caliber of an upset, I suppose, just maybe without the, the anguish or, or um, euphoria from Michigan fans afterward. I am going to go with Georgia in this game. The more I read, about this matchup, the more I, I think Michigan's going to have a real chance to keep this close um, and potentially win. I don't think it's out of the question at all. I just, I, I just can't see you know, Georgia. Their, their defense is a little different than some of the good defenses Michigan has faced this season, because I think, I think they've got the secondary, a secondary as good as Washington's. I think they've got a linebacker core as good as Iowa's. I think they've got a defensive line as good as um, you could maybe throw Penn State into that linebacker core. I, I think they've got a a defensive line as good as Wisconsin's. You know, I, th- I think they have a true three level elite defense. There really isn't other than I guess the slot corner back position. Uh, just not a ton of weak spots on this team, and and I think I think Michigan can beat you in a lot of different ways, but I I think they also have kind of exploited, you know, I think when they exploited Wisconsin and Iowa, I think they were taking advantage of a defense that doesn't have Georgia's speed. I think to me, that's, that's something, you know, I'd be, maybe I will go back and look at those games and just see how many of those plays aren't as open or don't, don't go for as many yards. If they're going up against a linebacker runs a four or five instead of a, you know, four, eight. And so I think, I think that's going to end up being the difference. I think Michigan just really – I think both teams are, are going to struggle to, to score consistently, but I, I, I think Michigan's just they – might, they might be meeting their match here. You know, as good as their offense has played, 42 points against Ohio State, 42 points against Iowa, 59 against Maryland. I think they kind of met their match offensively against Penn State, and I think they're, they're meeting a better match this week in Miami. So I'm going to take Georgia 27, Michigan, why well, I think I said 16. So I guess, I guess Jake Moody has a nice game, but uh, yeah, that's, that's my score prediction. Uh, you heard Steve's score prediction as well. Uh, given, I think that's our biggest divide in score predictions for this game. So this is a very difficult game to predict. Feel free to uh, continue reading our preview content over at the michiganinsider.com, michigan.247sports.com. Lots of content coming from Fort Lauderdale or South Florida area uh, as, as we begin or as we continue to look at this game. For Steve Lorenz, I'm Zach Shaw. This has been the Wolverine 24-7 Podcast. Hope you had fun. Hope you learned something. We'll see you next time.